Welcome back to another brand new episode of Nothing Important Podcast. I am your host, Matt Reyes. You are you, I am me. We're a happy family, right? That's what the fuck they say. That's what the fuck they say. They right now is Barney. Um, that song was um, written by R. Kelly. You guys already know this shit, right? You already fucking know this shit. It's late in the middle of the fucking night. I'm hanging out doing my fucking thing. Doing my fucking thing. I'm listening to the, a, a bug's life outside of my fucking window. That's what I'm doing. I'm listening to, to every fucking... Every creature in the ecosystem that is my front yard uh, coexist in the middle of the night. Why are crickets nocturnal? I mean, these niggas ain't even nocturnal. There has to be just such an abundance of them. I see them every now and again. They'll be like in front of my door. They'll get into the kitchen. But the amount of crickets that has to be in Atlanta has to be tens of millions. Tens upon tens of fucking millions. Because if you just take a walk down the street in Atlanta and there's no traffic, which means it's probably nighttime or early morning, all you hear is chirp, 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 everywhere. Everywhere. It was cicadas last year. And a year before, I believe, and that has just been replaced by the sound of crickets clapping them cheeks, twerking that ass. You know what I mean? It's therapeutic. I'm not going to you know, be negative about the noise of the crickets, but it just makes me think about how many fucking insects are around us that we don't even interact with, that we don't even know are there. Just billions, billions, ants, crickets. Flies, larva, caterpillars, butterflies, praying mantis to even them out, right? That slow carnivorous son of a bitch. Is that, is he a carnivore? Because he's eating, he's an insectivore. Um, <laughs> as you can tell, I have nothing to fucking talk about, but that's a-okay. I never have anything to talk about. I never do, man. I'm waiting. That's what I do. That you know, if if my life was in a book, what do they call that? An autobiography. <laughs> There's a name for that. If my life was in a book, um, if somebody wrote a book about my life, they would have to be, um, they would have to know me. And if they knew me, they would know what my life really was. I'm just waiting around. You know what I mean? Waiting for inspiration. Burning some sage, lighting candles. That's what the fuck I do with my time, right? Ooh. You get down to the bottom part of the sage, you just start burning your fingertips. And that kind of feels good too, right? Um, <laughs> no, that doesn't. That doesn't feel good. Shit changes, man. The shit that you enjoy when you're a child, you start to resent as an adult. And the things you couldn't stand in your adolescence when you become an old poppy like myself, those things start to become pleasurable. Let's give some fucking examples of that. That sounds like something to talk about, right? As I'm watching this small teepee of what was a smudge stick. It was sage. And uh, I burned it so much down that the ropes that tie the sage together, the little branches that make up the little bush of sage... Sage, sage, 
um, it's burnt down. So now it's like a teepee holding itself up, burning on a desk and billowing up smoke in a beautiful pattern. What was I about to talk about? Um, I was about to talk about the things that you loved when you were a child that you grow up and you resent and the things that you hated in your adolescence that somehow are pleasurable as an old poppy. My memory's not that bad, right? Let's talk about it. When I was a young man, when I was a wee baby, I hated, not when I was a baby, uh, but when I was a younger guy, I hated the smell. I hated the taste of coffee. Now, <laughs> to think of me in the present day as a 30-year-old man with child, I'm not pregnant. I know man with child is something you can say nowadays because, you know, bitches take hormones and still get pregnant, right? Um, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying I have a child and I am a man. Dick, balls, intact, no surgery, no identity crisis. As a man, 30 years old with a child... <laughs> You take coffee out of my life and I turn into Jeffrey Dahmer. That's what happens. That is what happens. I not only become a psychopath that, you know, lures people into my fucking apartment, murders them, probably fucks them and eats them. Um, I'll turn gay too. And isn't that worst? Um, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I need coffee. I need coffee because I fear that without it, I will lose my brain cells so much so that I will start um, raping men. Um, hey, yo. No. <laughs> that goes into that hype. I'm going to continue on with that thought, the original thought I had of like, you know, identifying the things that you grow to hate or grow to love. But I want to tangent for a second and talk about that hypothetical that all dudes talk about, which any guy that brings up this hypothetical, even though I'm bringing this up right now. And that's not the case with me. But any dude in my past, I always looked at him like kind of sideways when they brought up the hypothetical of like, yo, so you in jail and you know this nigga's fucking niggas. You going to be the nigga getting fucked or you going to be the nigga fucking? <laughs> I'm like, bro, you just want to talk about niggas fucking, don't you? Um, so that's pretty funny. Um, if I was in jail and it was an undeniable fact that niggas was fucking and I was on the laundry list to get cleansed, I'm committing suicide. You know, they I'm gonna have a nickname in whatever penitentiary they put me in. They're gonna call me, they're gonna call me Jeff Jr. You know what I mean? Not Jeffrey Dahmer Jr. They're gonna call me Jeffrey Epstein Jr. Cause I'm committing all types of suicide. If they take my shoelaces, I'm gonna turn into David Blaine just like Jeffrey Epstein did and learn how to kill myself with no fucking possible tools to help me. With nothing around to fucking aid me in suicide. I will figure it out. I will hold, I'll be the first man to sing, talk about David Blaine. I'll hold my breath until I fucking die. That's what I'll do. <laughs> I'll be the first man in recorded history to commit suicide by holding his fucking breath. Because nah, nigga, you're not entering the back door. Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, <laughs> can't do it. You know, people get raped every day. It's a horrible reality. But I'm 30. I am 30, and it's not the trauma, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm afraid of. It is not the questioning my sexuality. I already know that I like girls. It's undeniable in my brain. I'm just too lazy to work out that, that issue. <laughs> I don't think I have enough hard work in me 
to reconcile what rape would do to me at this age. You know what I mean? So if I was in prison, niggas wanted to take my cheeks, you know, I'm going to have to have to kill myself, you know? Um, nobody kill themselves. Please just listen to this recording. I don't know how influential I am. You know? But yeah, yeah. Things that you hated when you were a kid that you love now. Coffee's on my list. Can't live without coffee, obviously. I just went into a tangent about that went into, you know, rape in the judicial system. Not judicial system, but the prison complex. You get the fucking point. What else? I never thought I'd be a cigarette smoker. I mean, currently I'm not a cigarette smoker. And I'm doing okay, actually. I'm doing okay. I'm not going to, you know, for the sake of comedy, try to act like it's it's that bad. Um, I never really have a problem uh, staying away from cigarettes. In the sense of like, once I get over that hump, which the hump for me is not bad yet. The hump for me is like three, four days of like, oh, one motherfucking cigarette. Um, once I get over that, then I, I I could go forever with that one. And usually when I get reintroduced to them or I reintroduce my motherfucking ass to a motherfucking nicotine stick, it's because of like circumstance. Like I might be out drinking, um, something like that. Somebody's smoking, funeral, so shit like that will put me back on the pack. But once I let it go, it's never really like this, this horrible fucking transition. You know, I, I turned into Pookie from New Jack City for about two nights in a row. I will be honest. Get a little sweaty. Get a little agitated. Jazz music starts playing in the back. I have no shirt on. You get the fucking picture. You know? But if I resist that two, three-day window for Jesus Christ to be reborn on the, the first day he died, on the third day he... Yeah, all that shit. Um... <laughs> Don't you love a preacher with like a that's not charismatic? <laughs> a non-charismatic preacher. As much as we shit on these guys, the Creflo Dollars, the Joel Osteens, you know, these motherfuckers, they got game. The game is tight. You can hate on what they're doing. The means to the end. You could you could say, yo, y'all niggas is grimy out here selling dreams, this, that, and the third. But you cannot hate on the skill set. They got the motherfucking fluidity. They get in the flow. You know what I'm saying? They get into that place. It's like, I feel like when, when Joe Osteen is on a stage doing his thing, preaching the gospel with his like his his unbreakable smile, like Satan's fucking smile. He's like Satan incarnate with the level of charisma. And he's up there, he's doing his thing, blue suit, you know what I'm saying? The most expensive of of oils and myrrhs adorning him. You could smell him from the back of the motherfucking stadium. You know what I mean? This guy's just 100% on his motherfucking game. When he's in there, he's like on the same level as like Jay-Z in the booth. I swear to God. I swear to God. He gets into that level of motherfucking zone. I seen a nigga live before, man. I used to work in Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. I will get back onto the motherfucking point of the podcast. I was talking about things that you grow up and hate. That you love when you were a child, vice versa. I want to tangent for a second. I used to be an employee at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. And Joe Osteen and gang, you know what I'm saying? When I say gang, the nigga pulled up to the motherfucking stadium with about 10 trucks. Something like 18 motherfucking wheelers, it looked like. You know, he had a a, a big old motherfucking for a dude that just was apparently going to read the Bible. He had a... 
he had a lot of shit to set up. You know what I mean? You think his motherfucking Cirque du Soleil in that bitch. He had the Barclays Center for about a week. He was doing two shows a motherfucking day. And I say shows, ladies and gentlemen, because this was not no motherfucking church. Let's keep it a book. I've been to church. I was raised in the church. I know the Bible. I know the Bible. You know what I mean? I know how the church game works. You know? I remember when the ushers used to pass out the collections plates. At this nigga's motherfucking show, he used to pass out buckets. Paint buckets. That is correct. Industrial sized paint buckets that were obviously cleaned out. There was no paint in them, but they were painted the color green by the time they fucking hit the end of the row. He was making money, ladies and gentlemen. You know? Motherfucker had game, though. He was up there. He was unbreakable. That smile, there was, there's nothing to indicate that that guy's smile is not 100% genuine. And that makes me scared. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it makes me scared. You know, I, I really think about it. A guy that has the ability to be that professionally uh, psychopathic, to be able to lie at that level of proficiency... Without any motherfucking tells. He's like a master poker player on the stage. I am kind of glad what he's doing is conning people out of donations. You know, because that could be much worse. <laughs> that skill set could be applied to some more dangerous shit in his lifetime than a nigga that just wants to get his bread. So, you know, maybe the guy that he's using to make that money knows what he's doing by giving that guy all the gifts. Um. Once again, look at the big picture, ladies and gentlemen. Look at the small picture. I fucking fell off track, and now I want to get back on, ladies and gentlemen. I was talking about things that you hate when you're a kid that you grow up to love, and I named coffee number uno. Second thing I said is I disappointed myself. I never thought I would get on the tobacco sticks. And I be smoking. I be smoking. That was my remix of Drunken Love. Do not disturb on. Oh, the Indian guy motherfucking... Um, I have like audio. Um, I don't know why I do that. It's like when I first bought this fucking iPhone and I was just like, I went on YouTube and looked up all the, all the ways to like pimp your iPhone. And now anytime my do not disturb comes on, I have like a time set do not disturb. When that comes on, I have programmed the voice of an Indian man to read it out loud to me. And this goes back to my fantasy that I'm motherfucking Aladdin, bitch. And my genie's Indian, even though he was Arabian. It was Arabian Nights, but somehow an Indian made it to Saudi Arabia, and I'm Aladdin, and the genie is not Robin Williams or Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. It is an Indian man in my phone. Once again, tangenting. Let's get back to the premise. Coffee, cigarettes. What else did I hate when I was a child? I always loved girls, bro. I always love girls. Before I can handle the pussy, I know the pussy was to be. You know what I'm talking about? Let's talk about man of motherfucking festation. Let's talk about manifestation 101. I be manifesting, yo. I be manifesting. <laughs> Sound like some cheap sermon. I be manifesting. Um, call me 1-800-MANIFEST, nigga. Uh, no, I, I, I'm 100% sure I've been manifesting since day one because when I was a child... Before I had the qualities, meaning puberty hit, before I had the skill set, meaning experience around women, before I had the know-how, before I had the sperm cocked and loaded in my dick, 
Before all of that was ready, I used to fantasize about women, yo, in a crazy way. Like, I remember being 12 years old. This is 100% true. Hand on the motherfucking Bible that is not present in my room. You get the motherfucking point. When I was 12 years old, I distinctly remember having a daydream of like, you know, we talk about this theme of Aladdin. Um, I don't know who I was fucking, you know, who in this daydream, who I was obtaining this power from. But um, I remember daydreaming like my wishes coming true. I guess kids do this, right? They were like, man, I wish I, I could grow to be 6'5". Uh, my father's a real tall guy, and I only turned out to like 5'11". Damn it, man. Um, but that was one of the things I used to think about. I used to think about going to the NBA because, you know, I'm from the projects. And even though I have no athleticism whatsoever, 5'11", you know, 220-pound Puerto Rican. Uh, that's the level of delusion you're working with when you grow up how I grew up. You know, not a lot of hope, not a lot of options, not a lot of examples. NBA was on my motherfucking list. And I used to also fantasize something I think was kind of creepy, talking about manifestation. Um, <laughs> I used to imagine like, or like want, I'd be like, man, it was like a desire of mine that every woman would find me attractive. Every woman. I remember that. That's that's a fucking burnt memory into my, my brain, man. I'm like, what does that say about like a young kid's psychology? Like, what the fuck is that? Mommy issues? Like, what the fuck is that? But back onto the point of manifestation, it's like before I could even think about that shit, man, or, or think about putting it into action, it was a seed in the brain and I visualized. I visualized it to be without any doubt. And ladies and gentlemen, guess what? You know, I got a girl and a daughter now and I want to fucking kill myself, man. No, um, no, it's, uh, yeah, that's how manifestation works. You know how y'all be fucking up manifestation, man? Let me tell you how y'all fuck up manifestation. You know what I'm saying? I read The Alchemist one time, and apparently I'm a motherfucking professional. Am I rich? Not yet. I'm manifesting it. Let me tell you how y'all fucking up manifestation. This is what the issue is. You are supposed to visualize where you want to be, what you want, who you want to be, and that is it. And y'all want to do extra work. That's how you fuck up. That's how you fuck up. I'm telling you the truth right now. That's how you fuck up. I'm teaching you a lesson. Listen up. You're supposed to visualize where you want to be in your life. You're supposed to visualize what you want to be. You're supposed to visualize who you want to be. That's it. And what do y'all do? Y'all do that first. You have the dream, you have the visualization, and you charged up with belief for a day. And then uh, that was Monday. Tuesday rolls around, and you want to have details. You want to have explanations. You want to see how it connects. That's not how that works. That's not belief. That is not knowing. That is doubt. You know what I mean? They say the only thing that can break the image in your imagination from coming into this physical reality is the thing that gave birth to it. Think about that. The only thing that can break that mental image, that visualization, is the thing that gave birth to it, your mind. So if you truly see something and know it to be, you don't put a time limit on it. You don't put weight on it. You don't put gravity on it. You just see it. And your true and honest belief will 
a lot, all the unconscious behaviors that you need and the magnetism externally for that to come into your existence. Stop interpreting how or when or why. You're never going to be God. You're never going to get the big picture of how these things fall into place. Once it happens, once you've successfully manifested, you will look in hindsight and you still won't know how it worked out. That's not how life works. So stop fucking up your manifestations by trying to, you know what I'm saying? One day you said, yo, my vision is that I'm going to be this. This is the man I'm going to be. This is the woman I'm going to be. And you see it and you're clear with it on Monday. And then Tuesday you want to fuck it up by saying, but this happened. So that I don't understand how that's adding to my goal. I don't understand how that's getting me to point B. Stop doing that. Stop over-interpreting. Just see it. And hold that image for as long as fucking possible. Don't let that fucking image go. And that's what I did when I was a young man. And the pussy came to me, baby. It came to me. Um, that's a horrible example of manifestation. What else did I hate? I think, what, so what have I given? I've given like coffee that I hated when I was a child. And when I grew up, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Cigarettes, never thought I'd be doing it. And I started doing it. As I got older, let's do the vice versa. What did I love as a child that I hate now? Let's fucking think about it. Let's think about it. That's that's a difficult one because I think I'm pretty fucking childish, right? <laughs> I'm pretty childish. I like to keep the, the inner child alive. Um, you know, I've held on to my imagination, my creativity, my lightheartedness. Uh, on top of that, I probably added conspiracy and paranoia and uh, jaded uh, neuroticism. Okay, uh, let, let's stay on topic. What did I l- love that I hate now? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe, you know, I I, I would say... In some ways, because I still am like a free-flowing individual. I still love uh, randomness. I'm a person who enjoys chaos to a certain degree, enjoys like free-flowing, going with the motherfucking flow. But there's a sense of resentment that I have as I get older toward um, things without, not without discipline. I don't know. I'm, I'm not thinking the right word. Things without structure start to, to annoy me a lot as I get older. Um, I start to resent those things. And maybe that's just like experience. You experience things without structure so many so much in your life that there is a beauty in the birthing of an idea and the taking in of an idea. It's an incredible childlike experience that you should never let go, but you have to couple that with the adult level conscientiousness. So, um, you know, things that are without... The second, without the put-togetherness, without the application, I grow to resent those things. So I would say that. It's more of a concept. I thought it would be a motherfucking thing, but I'm still a childish son of a bitch. I'm still a childish son of a bitch. And that's okay, right? I'm me. I'm learning to accept me. Are you learning to accept you? Have you accepted yourself? Have you solidified? Are you the statue? Are you the gargoyle that you're always going to be for the rest of your fucking life? You know? I like to think that me finding myself and accepting myself is an acknowledgement that I am always going to change and it's going to happen radically. It's going to happen continually. 
And it happens so fucking frequently. That's just my personality, man. That's just who I am. I'm just like fucking changing all the motherfucking time, man. It's my nature. I know uh, biologically I'm a motherfucking nomad. I know this, ladies and gentlemen. I know this. I know this. Everything about myself loves living in different places, not just traveling, not just going around, vacationing, or if I traveled for work or whatever those, I like to immerse myself in different places and it is just me running away from home. That's all it is. No, um, no, I enjoy fucking living in different places. It's really how to fucking do it. It is really how to do it. I've been in Atlanta going on three years. Holy shit, where's the time gone? Oh, yeah, they stole two years of my motherfucking life with the pandemic. The plan, the pandemic. Um, I can't wait. I'm sorry, this is the most resentful, hateful thing I'm ever going to say in my fucking life, but I don't give a shit. I can't wait till people start dying from the vaccine. No. <laughs> I can't wait till the fucking ill effects come out. And for whatever reason, everybody's getting sick except the people who told you to get it, like Dr. Fauci and Bill Gates. And they're going to be like, oh, well, uh, well, uh, I took 19 boosters and that prevented the boils or whatever the fuck people are going to get from that shit. Maybe they don't get anything, man. Maybe this was some big ass um, sociology experiment. They were just like fucking testing people's psyches for the last three years. Since 2020, for the betterment of humanity. And those 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 jabs were just placebos. Such powerful placebos that people got sick. Um, big question I had about that as well. So if it was an mRNA vaccine. Um, I'm just throwing out a question here. I'm an idiot. Grain of salt. Big grain of salt here. If it was mRNA technology and not COVID in the shot. Why did you get sick when you took the shot? If a traditional vaccine is a little bit of the flu in a needle, and that's why you get sick when you get shot up with it, because it's introducing it to your body, and that's not what the mRNA vaccine was, Why'd you get sick off the mRNA vaccine? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just got to praise God. I got to praise the Lord that my family that took the vaccine was so stupid and poor that they took the Johnson and Johnson because I know what's going to happen, baby. I already know what's going to happen with the Johnson and Johnson, you know? <laughs> It's not going to be good, <laughs> but I don't know what's going to happen with that mRNA. You know what I'm saying? Um, who knows? Who knows, man? Maybe they plugged everybody up with superpowers. Wouldn't that be fucking... Out? That would piss me the fuck off. If they, like, induced evolution upon the masses in the form of vac forced vaccinations, <laughs> and I was a rebel for that one, and I don't get the fucking superpowers, I'd be pissed off about that one. You know? Um, <laughs> what an imagination I have, right? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've been talking for a while and I think you know what that means. When I get this tone on, when I exhale, when I say I've been talking for a while, 
It means I'm going to slow down before I speed up and try to sell you something. Do it every motherfucking episode. For anybody who's been a nothing important podcast listener, you listen every motherfucking day, I want to thank you sincerely. I need you to do a couple things for me. Go on to my YouTube. Go on to the YouTube. Nothing important podcast with Matt Reyes on YouTube. YouTube, baby. We all there. We're there every day. Just type in nothing important podcast. Subscribe. Go over to my Instagram. Instagram is the application that is on your phone that is sucking the life force from your dickhead or your twat. Just from the root chakra. Sucking all your fucking life force while you're on that application that is draining you of all your your energy. Do me a favor. Go to the Nothing Important Podcast page on Instagram. Like the reels. Like the post. If you're feeling froggy and motherfucking leap, open the wallet first and give with love. There is a link to support the channel. Until next time, folks.